This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Roses are red, violets are blue. It's Valentine's Day, so we've got a special show for you. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. Now, when you think of roses, uh, you most probably think of romance. Uh, the symbolism defies nationality, race and religion as they apparently stretch from Greek mythology to Hindu legend to Shakespearean prose to Victorian floriography. And we often see roses used to show and profess love during Valentine's Day. But did you know that roses are not naturally available in February? Now, there are many uncomfortable truths hiding behind the cut flower industry and sourcing for roses in February is just the beginning. Now, these uncomfortable truths is why one florist in the Klang Valley has chosen to close her business during what is the busiest time of the year for her industry segment, the Valentine's Day stretch. And she's with me today after a long time waiting uh, to talk to us about what goes on behind the scenes when it comes to responsible floristry and a sustainable future in the world of floriculture. Hi, my name is Brenda and I am the founder and principal florista of Nook Flowers. We are a homegrown brand that focuses entirely on responsible floristry. Brenda, welcome to Resource Centre. Hey Audrey, it's always good to be online with you. So uh, Bren, uh, before we get started, um, maybe you can just take this time to tell us a bit about your background, how you found yourself as the principal florista at Nook Flowers uh, and of course your ethos. Um, so I didn't always, I wasn't always from the floriculture industry. In fact, I started out in brand communications, which is what I did for the better part of my adult career. And then at some point I decided that um, the pursuit of my own happiness was more important for me. So I left the corporate world behind and I opened a flower shop, Audrey. Right. Um, yeah, I was right in the middle of 2008, which is when the financial crisis was going on. And there was like, uh, yeah, but then the only, road, well, the only road ahead was to go up, right? So armed with optimism and grit and grace, I opened Nook Flowers with my sister. So that was 15 years ago. And today, if you open up the Nook Flowers website, the first thing you see is responsible floristry. So please tell us a bit about your ethos. Okay. So the question that we're often asked is, why do we choose to say responsible floristry as opposed to sustainable floristry? Mm. I think sustainability is a very big word and it's a word that's, that's very liberally used these days. But there's a lot of depth behind the word sustainable and sustainability. And sometimes to claim that we are a sustainable business, it means there's also a responsibility on us to show that our entire supply chain is also sustainable. Things don't miraculously become sustainable once they come through my door. Mm. Um, and, and this is an assurance that I cannot give. Legitimately, I cannot give. So instead, we choose to use the term responsible floristry because what we are saying is we are taking responsibility for our actions from the point the flowers come into our studio or from who we choose to work with. Um, and also just the principles in which we choose to abide by in uh, running our day-to-day -day business. 
So, um, Bren, I've heard of florists abroad boycotting roses on Valentine's Day, you know, because of issues with, you know, the way roses are grown and sourced uh, to make them available this time of year, because I think they naturally only come out like sometime between April and like June or August. You know, please correct me if I'm wrong. But, but why close entirely on what is the busiest and some say most profitable period of the year for floriculture? Why does Nuke choose to close? during this stretch okay so roses um yes roses are typically not available in february um in most of the in most countries especially in europe and in the americas and everything roses are typically not available because in february the world is still recovering it's still waking up from winter time mm. right um but that's not a problem for us here in malaysia in malaysia we have beautiful locally grown roses Mm. But one of the fundamental reasons we decided to to take a break during Valentine's Day and not be part of the not be part of the celebration is because every day we emphasize a lot of grown not flown flowers. That means we emphasize flowers that are grown locally here in Malaysia. We've only made the decision to step out of Valentine's Day for the past two years. This is our second year in doing so. And one of the primary motivators behind this decision was during the MCO, a lot of flower farms unfortunately had to switch from growing flowers to vegetables so that they could go to market. If you remember during the MCO, and it was was an extended MCO, it went on for a while, yeah, businesses like mine were deemed as non-essential which right. means that the retail operations of all of us, we were, were shut down. And, um, and when all the farmers were harvesting their flowers, they couldn't go to market because there was no downstream. There was no retail. So the farmers can only tolerate this for, for like maybe one or two crop cycles, but basically they were harvesting and throwing. Um, but their livelihoods were at stake. So sensibly, a lot of them switched over to planting vegetables so that they could go to market, so that they could earn some revenue from this, which is what, what was a terrible period for, for everybody. Mm. Um, so one of the main reasons that we, we chose to take the stand on Valentine's Day, again, I just want to be very clear, we are not boycotting it in any way. We are not like against it in any way. We love the celebration of love. But we feel that by staying open and performing the trade that we are performing, um, we cannot do this in line with our ethos and we cannot do it in a, in a way that is fair to the people who buy from us throughout the year. Our customers buy from us for everything ranging from memorial flowers to just because flowers, to flowers for their children's teachers, uh, to flowers for their family members. You know, flowers are a great expression of life and, and how they choose to celebrate these moments. But on Valentine's Day, because of the higher dependency on stock that is now imported, as opposed to stock that is more readily available here in Malaysia, we find that this reliance on the imported stock hits hard in terms of cost. Hmm. And if I make a commitment that I'm going to buy this, all of this, that cost needs to then be passed on to who else but the consumer. Right. This, this is only a problem if I decide that I'm going to buy thousands of dollars worth of stock because then now, now I'm stuck with it and I have to move it, right? But I realized that if I took myself out of the equation and just explained to people hey, we're happy to sell you flowers until 
this particular date. And then we're going to take a break during this week, which is which is going to be pressure driven. And, you know, and, and then we are coming back on the 16th and we are happy to sell you flowers again. And it's OK that you don't buy on Valentine's Day, but you should be celebrating love every day. And we decided to make this into an educational campaign and basically just telling people the truth behind our decision making process. I was blown away by the reactions last year. Mm. I was blown away by the fact that people said, you know what? We never thought of it this way. Thanks for spelling it out. Thanks for showing what the thinking process was, your reasoning. And, and now we know. And this is pretty much the way I've decided to. I've been running this business ever since we started 15 years ago. I realized that by just explaining and telling people, there doesn't need to be this invisible wall between retailer and purchaser. No. Educate. Explain. So that everybody is aware of the process, and 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 uh, yeah, I know the the the, con- the the often asked question is like, uh, are you not afraid? My goodness, you're going to lose so much money during Valentine's Day. What if you lose a customer and they never come back? Hmm. I never faced any of that. In fact, we gained so many customers, uh, so many new customers because people just appreciated the honesty hmm. in which we had we had told we told our story. So I want to come back to the way your stakeholders have responded to this move. But, you know, this is just a a question uh, out of left field because I'm just curious. But what are the margins like uh, for a florist on Valentine's Day? Just, you know, because we hear stories about how some florists can even charge up to double um, their cost price. Right. But are the margins really high on Valentine's Day? Actually, I really I can't speak for other florists. Um, I, I don't have a I don't have a comparison to give here. Often prices, in fairness, prices are more expensive because the material cost is much higher. Hmm. So then you, like I explained earlier, right, you you purchase cost at a higher price. So it's only sensible that you as a retailer have to price it higher. Um, however, a lot of people buy flowers. If they don't buy on any other day, they normally will come and buy on Valentine's Day. Hmm. So as a campaign, Valentine's Day is great because... Who doesn't want to give flowers to their significant other? Who doesn't want to do this expression? Even if they don't buy for anything else, maybe you want to do birthdays, might be dinners outside or what. But Valentine's Day, it's always an expression of love through flowers. Um, so yes, it is It is a good time to run business for, for most florists. And, and um, um, But like I said, it's a question of how high do I want to take my prices because the people I service on Valentine's Day will inevitably be the people I service throughout the whole year. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a that's a very private internal decision, you know. Uh, mm. Again, I, I I don't speak for the industry, um, but then I've never really been one to work by the rules of the industry, lah. <laughs> so now um, we understand that your faithful customers have responded very positively to this move, you know. Because speaking out on something like this, I think even to me, if I feel like it humanizes your brand, it's most probably given your customers another reason why they should choose you over your competitors. But what about um, the other stakeholders? You know, your suppliers, the flower growers, etc. You know, who too stand to profit from florists and the masses purchasing cut flowers during Valentine's Day? How did they take to news um, of your closure? Okay, well, in in the grand scale of things, I am but one organization. I am but one brand. Um, uh, 
I think it was a bigger shock last year when I made this decision because most most of our most of our suppliers were like, "Are you sure? You know, it's like the most important day in a floral calendar. You know, are you sure you want to do it?" I mean, but then they also understand that on a day to day basis, when I purchase my stock, my emphasis my emphasis is always on local flowers. That is my first choice, mm-hmm. and they also understand that a lot of what they're going to be able to offer me during this time is imported products. Um, so they know where I'm coming from. Mm. Um, having said that, yes, I am out of the equation, but there are just as many other florists out there who are who will be stepping up for the day. Um, and uh, and then you know, on the 15th, 16th, life goes back to normal for us, lah. <laughs> All right, uh, we are going to take a quick break for some messages. But when we come back, we talk about sustainable floristry uh, as well as what consumers can do to help uh, support sustainable floristry. All that and more happening on Resource Centre. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Building First World Malaysia. Malaysia. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. And we're back. You are listening to Resource Centre on this Valentine's Day 2023. Online with me today, I have Brenda James, Principal Florista at Nook Flowers. And we are talking about responsible slash sustainable floristry. Now, uh, Bren, I understand that there are so many variables uh, and hoops when you bring up sustainable floristry. Like you mentioned earlier on in the show, you know, things like pesticides, water pollution, waste, um, even exploitation in the su- supply chain. So I don't want to use the words sustainable or, or green in this question. So I'm just going to ask you this question uh, this way. Um, how can Malaysian florists be more eco-friendly? Is that a better term? Yeah, it is. A, it is a better term. So sustainability isn't like a buzzword or a, you know like a like a trend word. No, I think people just need to understand that that is the only path forward, and it's not a matter of if. But but like when when do we all start adopting better and different practices? And sometimes it just means that even if there's no rules out there for you to follow, you need to sit down and think about what works for your business in order for you to make this happen for your consumer base and, and just be brave about it. Lah. Mm. And, 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 and as for the question of when, the only answer is now. Now is the only time to do it. You just have to be brave and, and go forward. And um, one of the best ways to do this is, is like I said, just start having an open conversation with clients. Start making them understand what it is that they are purchasing from you. Talk. Uh, I think we are all very used to online-based applications where we click and we buy and we don't don't talk to the people who sell us things. But it's time to have these have these important conversations so that you know what you are purchasing and how your purchase impacts. Everything else. Um, I think one of the best ways is um, as a consumer, see, a relationship with the florist is like a relationship with your mechanic or your relationship with your dentist, you know. Generally, people find one person and then and they're they happy stick with to them, them and right? then they stick with them forever, right? So, in this case, I'm sure everybody, a lot of people out there have their favorite florist, but have a conversation. How do they sell their products? Where do their products come from? Are they supporting locally grown products? Because it means that if they are supporting locally grown flowers, then it's just quite simply a lesser carbon footprint, isn't it? Mm. Items are arriving from 
Cameron Highlands. Items are arriving, like the orchids are coming from, from the foothills of Genting and Rawang and beautifully grown foliages are coming up from Johor. But it's just all a much significantly less carbon footprint than everything flying into the country. This also means things are fresher from the point of harvest to the point that you are receiving the products in your home. It is just a shorter, fresher route um, for these items that you're purchasing. If you're buying arrangements, ask that it be minimally packed. Mm. You do not need five layers of plastic wrapping to make your bouquet look presentable. No, it is the flowers and the foliage that tell the story. The wrapping should just, the wrapping should be functional. Wrapping should play a role so that the products don't get damaged. But if at any point the wrapping is bigger than actually the flowers, then what are you buying here? What exactly are you buying? And then what happens to all of that paper and plastic that you take home? If it's paper, then yes, you can recycle it. What happens to that five layers of plastic? It's another trend that's now coming up and a lot of it has to do with preserved flowers. So flowers, right, just generally flowers that are purchased, fresh flowers, you can actually compost your whole arrangement. You can cut it up into pieces, you can put it into your compost bin, everything should be able to break down. But the process with preserved flowers is a little bit different because with preserved flowers, what is once natural and biodegradable have gone through various processes and treatments that now they can no longer just break down in the compost because now you have um, chemicals in it. You know, you have to think about what it is you're putting in the compost as well. So if possible, opt for options that are fresh, that you can enjoy for the week, opt for options that are potted and planted, that you then you can then keep and you can thrive further in your environment. Just so, so you see, every purchase makes a difference. You just have to, even as a consumer, I think sometimes there's also a little bit of ownership to say, what is it that I am buying? And if mm. you're not sure of the answer, ask the right questions. More often than not, most people in the industry will be happy to tell you or ex explain to you what, the, what, what, what goes behind your purchase. You just have to ask the right questions. Right. Now, um, but Brenda, you just brought up a point there that made me think about the pain points for a florist in the grand scheme of things, right? No, uh, what are the challenges or the barriers to allowing a florist to be more eco-friendly um, along the supply chain itself? I think one of the pain points is sometimes... Um, you just have to be brave. Lah. For example, you might think that this is the only way to do this or this is how it's always been done. Therefore, I have to follow. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. At some point, the cycle needs to be broken. And, and you know, if you're a second generation florist or, you know, if you're if you're working in a flower shop and your boss has always done it that way, then you, like I said, you just have to be brave and don't be confrontational, but just have a conversation um, and say, hey, is there a way that we can do this better? You know, mm -hmm. talk to your suppliers. Like with most of our suppliers, um, because I'm so fussy about it, and yes, I, I, I have this reputation of being, you know, that fussy person, that fussy florist, right? <laughs> um, most of our, most of the flowers that are delivered to us are wrapped in newspaper or wrapped in wrapped in uh, newspaper or just wrapped in newsprint, because they know, or they or they send it in in uh, reusable bags. Um, because they know at the end of the day, I'm just going to collect all these bags. Then I'm going to turn up at their doorstep and say, here, have it all back. So it's just have conversations with whoever it is that you choose to have as part of your business process. Um, there's, a, there's a young man who supplies us with our 
wrapping papers and and in the beginning of wrapping papers in plastic and and in the last decade or so I kept harping on him no you need to find for me plastic paper paper options you need to find me options that I can recycle or options that I can repurpose or something hmm. And at one point, I think he was so frustrated with me. He said to me, you know, this relationship is not working out. He <laughs> Are said you breaking me, up with your supplier? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, this relationship is not working out. I said, no, well, why? Why isn't it working out? Because, you know, you're very, you're very particular. He used the word particular, bless his heart. Yeah, he said, you're very particular. You know, I think he just meant to say you're very fussy. Um, and and I, I don't have this. I don't have these things to give you. So I said to him, so go and find it. Lah. Go and find it. Or... Figure out what is your obstacle here from getting A couple of weeks later, he called me back again. He said, I found it for you. Mm. I found paper for you that can break down completely in a recycle uh, facility. Um, and he said, but there's nothing in it. It's just plain brown paper. I said, perfect. You give that to me. Now, what we do is we work with our designer to come up with block prints featuring local um, local flowers and botanicals. So we've got this old-fashioned like batik-style block prints. We recreated that. So every bouquet that goes out is wrapped in one and a half sheets of paper. The one is for the top, the half covers the bottom. One and a half sheets of paper that has this beautiful block print that sometimes it's like some paku pakis leaves, sometimes it's the bunga raya. We like to use the bunga raya during September and August and September. It's really pretty. Uh, sometimes it's just um, botanical designs inspired by what we are seeing on batik fabrics. And this is how we choose to decorate it. The ink is soy-based. And then once the wrapping is done, um, I have customers who told, told me that the paper is very pretty, so they use it for something else, or they cut it up into smaller pieces and then their children draw on it, or because it's just basically that, right? It's just good old-fashioned craft paper. That was it. I do have a tiny sleeve of plastic that goes inside there, but the plastic is to in order so that we can pack it with cotton and water, because living in the tropics means we can't do that whole you know that fancy style where you just tie with string and give you know it, it doesn't work lah. Right. Half an hour the flowers are already wilting, uh, so that's the disclaimer. We do have a tiny sleeve of plastic, but we are also terribly into a circular based system, which means that if you've ever received a vase from Nook Flowers. You're welcome to return the vase to us and then you get a coupon against your next purchase. Um, and this has been great because now you have people calling me. The vase is not from you, but do you do you still want to take it? <laughs> you know? um, but it just encourages people to, to look at what they have in their houses. Um, and you know how in all our family houses, right above the fridge, there's this array of vases that you're not quite sure how long it's been there, but people keep adding on to it. Right. Right. Yeah. And the baskets and everything. So then they're like, OK, what do I do with all of this? Um, so I said, bring it back. Bring it back here because we also have a lot of people who pay us for paid forward flowers. And then I use these vases that have now been given to me. We put beautiful bunch of locally grown flowers in them and then randomly they'll appear at a nurse's station somewhere or they will appear at at um, places of worship. Or sometimes we do this thing where we call that the the lonely bouquet. Lonely bouquet is suddenly you might find a little paper bag with a bouquet inside that says, I'm a lonely bouquet, take me home. And oh, somebody's going to pick it up and then they get so much joy from that, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of paid forward flowers as well. So so it's just perfect. We just keep things going in a circular motion. Everybody's happy. Who doesn't want to get flowers, right? 
All right, Brent, uh, just before we wrap up, um, I just want to reiterate, grown, not flown. Uh, try as much as possible to reduce the amount of waste in the um, flowers that you purchase from your florist. Ask for less packaging if you need to and have that conversation with your florist about where your flowers are coming from and how they source that. So, you know, keep that conversation going. Be informed as a consumer. But, you know, sustainability, uh, like we've just discussed, doesn't stop at the florist. Uh, what else can consumers do to help support sustainable floristry moving forward. So any last thoughts? With consumers, I think, it, again, uh, I cannot overemphasize the education of this all. Once we know better, we do better. And as consumers, once you know better, you purchase better. Um, so it's just arming yourself with the knowledge, um, doing your own research, and understanding that sometimes because local, locally grown doesn't it's not a reflection of a lesser quality or yes everybody wants tulips and peonies and all and yes they are very beautiful um but like i tell to to most people who come and say oh but my girlfriend loves peonies my girlfriend loves peonies so again coming back to education i always like to ask this ask them why does she like peonies is it the scent is it you know what what is the factor is that she like the 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 ruffles and the layers and the fluffiness of the flower so when we understand this then i'm in a position to say okay but how about we consider locally grown eustomers we have beautiful locally grown garden roses which are just as fluffy and have have these gorgeous layers and if it's scent that you're looking for there are beautifully locally grown lilies. There are locally grown tuberoses. There's a lot of material here. So what is it about that particular flower makes her happy? Hmm. And I think by understanding this, then, then and even as the, as the person purchasing the flower, they are in a better position to make that purchase for their loved ones. Um, and I just want to say out there, I just want to debunk this. Um, if you're buying flowers for your loved ones, just because it's Valentine's Day, that doesn't mean it has to be roses. Buy your loved one, whatever it is that they like. If mm. they are a sunflower person, buy sunflowers. If they are an orchids person, buy orchids. If they are a heliconia person, buy that. Buy them what they like, because really it is the fact that you have gone through the effort and the thought that is going to make this special. Not necessarily that it has to be a rose. Amen to that. Brenda, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, before I let you off the hook, uh, maybe you can tell everyone listening where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, and how they can continue to support responsible floristry. You can find us at www.nookflowers.com um, and, and on that page you will find our why we do what we do. We've explained, we've taken a lot of trouble there to explain why it is that we do what we do. Um, I am a little bit old-fashioned in the sense that I do like to talk to the people who are buying flowers from me. So please call us if you want to make a purchase. Let me get to know you so that I can tell you what works best for you. Or, you know, if you have, if you have an aversion to calling, then, then just WhatsApp us. <laughs> Either way, it's fine. But I do like to take make it a point of pride that I speak to everybody who purchases from us. So I would love to hear your voice. Lovely, lovely. And if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. It's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. I've been speaking with Brenda James, Principal Florista at Nook Flowers. This is Audrey Raj, and you've been listening to Resource Centre on Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Thank you.
You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.